We're going to be jumping into our series, The Office, Bringing Christ to the Workplace. So go ahead, get out your Bibles, get your notes, and get ready to hear a word from God this morning. probably the best bumper that the interns have ever made. <laughs> the interns, we, we love to have a lot of fun. Here, uh, our office is, it has more shenanigans in it than the office series could ever have in all of its seasons. Um, we saw, just saw Pastor Andrew getting tased because I think he lost a bet. I think, I don't remember why he got tased. We were fundraising. They raised enough money, so we tased him. That was good. We used to have, just for reference, in case you're like, what were the weird things that were happening on there? When we did baptisms, we used to have a big round tank that went there. That was me inside to, to get it over here. I just ran in it like a hamster wheel <laughs> to get it inside. So we just do weird things here, but uh, glad you guys are here this morning. Uh, if I haven't gotten to meet you guys yet, my name's Pastor Jeremy. I'm, I'm the pastor here at Dover, and uh, happy to share this message with you this morning. Uh, we're talking through the office, bringing, the Christ to, bringing Christ to the workplace. And now I've, uh, I have not worked at church my entire life. I've worked uh, a different number of jobs. I started working um, when I was, uh, I don't even remember how old I was, maybe 12. I started cleaning pools, getting 50 bucks a month, 50 bucks a week to cleaning pools. I think it was illegal but because he just handed me 50 and then I just like stayed and cleaned the pool. I think it was illegal. I did some construction work for a little while. Um, I was the hired conversationalist because I was so bad. I just kind of stood around and talked to the guy who, who had hired me and he told me that. So I was, I was the hired conversationalist for him because he was a solo job that, that he did. Um, and in the most recent where I had worked before I started here at Restoration Church full-time, uh, I worked at Starbucks for around seven years, which is a record number for retail and my generation. All right, it's a record number, seven years working somewhere. I started as a barista, uh, became a trainer, became a shift supervisor, and then I went on to manage my own store in Portsmouth that I had. And, and I always say like retail is like the Gotham City of all workplaces. It is where the crime happens. Our manager is the Joker or the Riddler. You have to figure out like what they're doing. Like it is, it's, it's a miserable type of place to work. So um, when we started getting ready for this series, um, I had so many things I would just want to tell you, but it more turned into me just complaining about Starbucks. So <laughs> I'm gonna pull it back in, all right? But I've been, I've been there for, uh, for seven years. I made a lot of really great friends there, and, and I absolutely loved it, and I, but I was so excited when I became full-time here at, at Restoration Church. And, but one of the things that I miss, quite honestly, that I miss a lot about working at Starbucks is um, talking to people who don't share 
the same faith as me. And yeah, people coming into church sometimes, maybe they're on the fence and, and you get to talk a little bit about it. But if, if you're here at church, there's something, there's something about it that you're willing to learn. So it's a little easier to talk to you about it. And one thing that I missed was having a large group of friends that I spent eight hours a day with that I knew had no, had no background in in Jesus, and, and it was up to me to, to be the one to shine that light. I didn't do it perfectly at all. I didn't do it um, the greatest, but, but there's things that I learned along the way that I think is important for us to, to talk about. And um, so we're, we're talking about this series, The Office, and I don't know if you guys have seen the series, but there's a character named Toby, all right, that has quite a name for himself. He's the HR person in the office, so he has to make sure everything is, is appropriate. He has to make sure um, nothing, no sexual harassment is happening, no, um, no things that'll make the, the news will happen in Dunder Mifflin. That's his entire job, which is the exact opposite of everything that the main character, Michael Scott, wants to do in the office. He, he wants to do everything inappropriate. He wants to do everything ridiculous. He just wants to have fun, and it's a paper milling company, but he just wants to have a great time. So that's our character, Toby. To explain their relationship a little bit more, we're just going to play a clip so you can see what it's like, Toby and Michael Scott going. Oh, and another fun thing. We, at the end of the night, are going to give the check to an actual group of Boy Scouts, right, Toby? We're going to... Actually, I didn't think it was appropriate to invite children since it's... uh... You know, there's gambling and alcohol, and it's in our dangerous warehouse, and it's a school night, and you know, Hooters is catering. Is that enough? Is that enough? Should I go on? Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. So that, that's their relationship. All right, so today, what we're gonna learn is something very simple. As we bring Jesus into the office, into our workplace, there's one big idea that we gotta take home, all right? Don't be Toby, all right? Don't be a Toby. What do I mean by that? Christians. Christians have a stereotype about them in the workplace. If it's about to get fun, if it's about to get a little goofy, and the Christian walks in the room, they might ruin it for us. That's the stereotype that we have. Like, like if someone wants to tell a funny story, and they have to be drink, happen to be drinking in the story, and the Christian walks in, they're like, oh, never mind. Can't tell it. Never mind, the Christian's here. He's going he's gonna to tell me what I'm doing wrong and he's going to correct me and, and just think through that. So you have to ask yourself this question in your workplace and in your relationships. Uh, are your coworkers happier when you enter the workplace or when you exit it? Which one, which one is that happening? And, and today to learn a little bit about that, we're going to spend a lot of our time in John 12 and Matthew Seven, so you can open up your Bibles if you have the Bible app on your phone or if you have your Bible, your physical Bible on you, you can. If you don't have a Bible, we have some over at the Welcome Center. Um, and maybe we can make an excuse. The bathrooms are also down the hall. So now if you get up, no one will know which one 
you're going to do right now. But if you need a Bible, you can do that. Just trying to help you out. So John and Matthew, these are uh, gospels. This is uh, written stories about Jesus and, and his relationship with his disciples. And so we're going to do a little bit of a comparison to the, the, uh, the only person we could really compare to Toby in the Bible, which maybe seems a little drastic. I think Toby's a little better than this. But we're going to talk about the relationship that, that Judas had within the disciples um, because that, that was someone who kind of always had an opposing thought of, of what the disciples should be doing. So we're going to read that uh, John 12, verses 1 through 7. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages, should be sold, and the money should be given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief, and since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will not always have the poor among you, but uh, you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. You think about this and don't be a Toby in your workplace. Be a person of grace. You know, the Bible, you know, uh, Jesus, uh, Judas was, was judging Mary's act of, of worship and holding, holding Mary to some standard of how she should worship that he just decided in his mind is what everyone should be doing, is what he's doing. And, and you notice his argument that he's trying to say like, hey, what you're doing is wrong, has zero biblical evidence behind it. He doesn't, he's not able to quote Old Testament scripture to tell her why what she's doing is a waste. He's just like, hey, there's a better use for that. How dare you do that? You should have sold it to the poor, having no grace for what Mary had been through. You think about this scripture, which is always told to Christians who try and hold non-Christians accountable. Uh, it talks in Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Now, there's, a, there's an author who, who talks through, this is probably one of the most, uh, the, the, the most incorrectly quoted scripture that there is in the Bible saying that a Christian cannot ever call out anyone else's lifestyle Ever. You don't do it because if you do it, you're judging and, and you can no longer, and then you're going to be judged because of it. And I just want to, want to talk through that a little bit before we keep going in the workplace. Does that mean we're never allowed to judge? Absolutely not. This scripture is talking about from one Christian to, um, it's, sorry, hang on one second. Let me say it correctly. This scripture is talking about uh, one Christian to another, or, or it's trying to hold people from, I, actually, I wrote it wrong, so that's why I'm trying to write it through. 
Do not judge others. This is talking, and this represents what we should be doing. It's not saying we can look at non-Christians and hold them to the exact same standard that, that we have, right? They don't have the truth of Jesus to, to center them. So you're not gonna go around your coworkers and they're gonna be talking about what they like to do for fun, and if it's something that you don't think is biblical, you're not gonna just stand there and be like, you know, the Bible says you're not supposed to do that. They don't believe in Jesus. That would be a foolish way to try and get them to know the truth. So if you're a Christian, you really shouldn't be acting in a way that would misrepresent the gospel by just saying, hey, there are all these rules. If you're HR, different story. Um, probably not use the Bible, but just you know, talk through like what's appropriate to do in the workplace. So obviously, you should still do that, but you need to have grace for others on the journey who are still looking for the freedom of Jesus, who are still looking for the hope that Jesus has. Mary, in this story, she's hanging out with her brother and she's hanging out with Jesus. Her brother was raised from the dead by Jesus. Even if this perfume being poured out is a waste, he should have had grace for her actions because of her context. Jesus did, Jesus did a miracle. Jesus did a miracle in her life. How could she repay him for what he had done? And when someone, when someone doesn't know the life-giving power of Jesus, this is just something we should all think of and, and keep in our, in our mind as we're in the workplace. When someone doesn't know the life-giving power of Jesus, don't try and sell them on the rules and restrictions that your faith would bring. Sell them on the truth. Sell them on the freedom that Jesus gives. Sell them on, on the amazing relationship that you can have with the creator. Don't try and sell them on, well, the Bible says, well, you're not allowed to do that. Well, I don't do that because I'm, I'm better than you. Or to think something like that. Don't be a Toby. Be a person of character. All right, Toby is, is a big hypocrite in this show constantly correcting Michael Scott, telling him he can't do this because it's inappropriate, all the while making numerous of inappropriate comments towards one of his female coworkers, Pam. He's always trying to keep everything appropriate, everything right, but then he's always in the back saying something that he shouldn't be doing. Be a person of character. And, and look at the, the hypocrisy of Judas in this story as well. It, it sounds so great. It sounds so great for us to say, well, that could have been used for the poor. Why are you doing that? That money could have been served better. It sounds so fantastic for us to say that, so noble for us to say it. And then verse six says, not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. And Jesus has something to say for Christians who call out the sin that they, uh, that call out sin in others that they themselves are committing. It says in Matthew 7, verse 5, hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Pray for your sanctification, not just their salvation. If you go to a non-Christian coworker and say, hey, I caught you stealing pens from the office. Their reply cannot be, I see you taking people's food from the lunchroom, right? You need to check yourself. You need to hold yourself above reproach. And, and it's hard when you're working with your coworkers and, and you wanna let your guard down. You know, some people, they put on a Christian persona here at church 
and then their down-to-earth, normal persona at work, which lets your guard down, which lets you be susceptible to doing whatever you feel is right in the moment. And that could turn into you being a hypocritical person. You wanna let who you are here be who you are in the workplace. If you're gonna call out a Christian, uh, a Christian or non-Christian, you better hold them to the same, you better hold yourself to the same standard uh, that you're holding them. The last thing, don't be Toby, be Jesus, all right? Don't spend your hours at work telling your coworkers what's wrong with their life. Tell them how great Jesus is. Tell them about the life transformation that you've had. You know, me, uh, I worked at uh, Starbucks in, in Dover, and, and me and my uh, manager, Tim, he was a pastor at a church in Summersworth, and, and I was working here. So we kind of talked ahead of time. And for us, we wanted to take a really relational approach to how we were trying to share Jesus with our coworkers. We didn't want to just correct them every time they said something. We didn't want to be the person in the room that makes them not want to have fun because we're going to ruin it. So while not uh, changing our standards to how we believed that we should live, we wanted to engage with them and have fun. And, and a lot of the time, Tim and I would really kind of uh, bend the rules as to what they really thought Christians were. So we like to do things ridiculous that, that would just be really funny because then they'd find out we're, we're pastors and we like to have fun at the workplace too. And for us, we, 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 had this very, we had this very for sure approach we were gonna do. We were gonna do this relationally. We were not gonna try and force it down everyone's throat. And then we had someone transfer into our store who was a Christian who was a pastor who treated his Starbucks like it was street evangelism. Like as if these people he was gonna be with for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, he had to tell them right now that what they were doing is gonna end them up in, in hell and he needed to help them fix it. And me and Tim, you know, it's, it's, it's a funny story now. We were just talking about it and then we kind of pulled him aside and we were like, hey man, we had a good thing going for us <laughs> that you're ruining because we've, we've broken down all these walls. We've broken down all these walls. And you want to be someone who's real with them. You're, you want to, you know, you're the closest thing to Jesus that these people might ever get to, to, to be around. You're the nearest thing to Jesus that your workplace might ever see. And we see in verse 7 when Jesus replied to Judas, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You'll always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Your coworkers will not always have a Christian coworker with them. With so many thoughts about Christianity and, and how we're judgy and how we like to, like to condemn people for their actions, you have an opportunity a unique opportunity to break down those walls and to change people's mind because they get to say, you know, like Pastor Nate said, I hate Christians, I'm a Christian. Oh, that's surprising, I didn't know that. And you get to break down these walls. And so go at it relationally. If your coworker is upset, ask them why they're upset. Talk to them about it. When they're in crisis, don't judge them. Offer to pray with them. Be real, you're not perfect. Don't pretend you are. Don't always take the high and, and noble route and uh, sometimes just, just get in there with them. 
pray with them, care for them. If they have something to talk about that's, that's upsetting them. We, had, we have people at our at uh, Starbucks that were transgender that had no idea anything about their life and they had a, a rough childhood. And I never once told them anything biblical about how I was feeling about them. And, and honestly, I just wanted to listen to them. I just wanted to be there relationally. And honestly, we became the, some of the closest coworkers that we had. We were just talking and, and letting them communicate. I learned all this stuff about, about her father and, and how distant they were and were able to relate. And I never once put condemnation on her. I just listened and I wanted to be there. And to this day, when I see any of my coworkers, I know I have a relationship that when I walk into Starbucks, um, I've treated them right and I've cared and I've, I've loved for them. Not to say that I'm perfect, there's definitely been plenty of times uh, that, I've, that I've fallen short of this. So it's not me telling you guys how to be perfect in, in any way, but just some things for you to think through. The last thing I wanted to talk through, and because maybe, maybe you're here as a, as a Christian thinking um, that you don't quite know how to share your faith. Maybe you're a brand new Christian and, and you're thinking, well, I don't really know if there's anything worth sharing. I want to talk through that. Pursue something for yourself outside of your workplace. Have a faith that's worth sharing. Have a relationship with God that's worth sharing. You can't just, if all you are is afraid of your mistakes, then you're gonna make other people feel like they should be afraid of their mistakes as well. That's not a faith worth sharing. If all you are is someone who has been redeemed and set free and healed by Jesus, that's a faith worth sharing. And I want you to flip your mindset if you spend more of your time worried about your condemnation, your past, or your sin, or anything like that, or, th- or thinking about, man, if the end times come, I'm doomed, or anything like that, I want you to flip that belief and say, I'm forgiven, I'm loved. God loves when I pray to him. God listens. I love worshiping him because he loves when I worship him. That's a faith worth sharing. So I just wanted to make sure we talk about that because maybe, maybe you don't know how to share it. I encourage you to pursue a faith like that. Let's, let's pray together and then let's worship a, a little bit more before we dismiss, all right? Jesus, thank you for your perfect example of how to deal in relationships and with hypocrisy and... God, I pray that we become people in our workplace that's above reproach, that lives a life worthy of you. And God, I pray that it not be false to our coworkers, it not be false to our church, but it be true to you, God. I pray that we are open, honest, and real with each other at church and and with our coworkers, God. Just pray that you fill every person here with a boldness to go into their workplace and love people. It's not easy, God. And I pray that you just fill us all with strength as we
connect with people that we're in relationship with who don't know you. Help us to be there with them, to love them and care for them. We just pray all this in Jesus' name.